so I got a couple questions. You mind running through them with me real quick? Okay. So if I said that the sky was purple, would that be true? No. Why is that? Because the sky is blue. The sky is blue, right? No arguing with that. Uh, what if I said that the grass was orange? That's wrong. It's wrong. It's green, right? So there's 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 truth in the world, right? Yeah. Their gravity doesn't stop existing. It just because you don't believe it, right? There is truth. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think happens when a person dies? Then. Go to heaven. So everybody goes to heaven? No. Uh, what kind of people do you think go to heaven? Good people who stay honest. So just kind of morally morally upright people? What kind of people do you think go to hell? People who do bad things, don't worship Jesus and God. Okay. Um, so do you believe in God? Yes, sir. What do you know about him? I know he's the creator of the universe and... He cares for each individual on this planet, whether you believe him or not. Okay. So, do you go to do you go to church? No, sir. Um, do you have any affiliation with Christianity or anything like that? Are you a Christian? Yeah. Okay. Um, why should somebody become a Christian? So you go to heaven. Okay. Um, I like what you said about God. God's a creator of all things, right? So, uh, what else do you know about God other than He's a creator? He's got a lot of different attributes. He's God, of course. There's a lot. You can't really unpack everything about Him, but what else do you know about Him? He's been around since the beginning of time, obviously. Always has been, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he sent Jesus down, Jesus is His Son, to spread the Word of God. Okay. Um, so, I think there are three things that you really got to understand about God. And you're right. God is the creator. That's the first thing we got to understand. If we don't start at God creating everything, we've got no grounds to stand on. Um, we also got to understand that God is holy. Do you know what that means? I get the gist of it. David, what does holy mean? Well, <clears throat> holiness means God is perfect. Um, like we we here we we're fallible, right? We we lie, we cheat, we steal, yep. we do things, say things we shouldn't do. Uh, we, we call that sin. Well, God is sinless. There's no sin with God. He He is morally perfect. Um, there could not be a more morally uh, perfect uh, being to exist other than God. And uh, we know that because of who Jesus Christ was, obviously. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He was sinless uh, when he came to this earth. That's what the Bible tells us. Uh, there was no sin in him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that holiness is... And that is holiness is God's uh, standard of moral perfection, uh, meaning that in Him there is no sin. Uh, God is just. God is holy. God is pure. Um, he He's not like us. <laughs> we'll just put it. The word holy is translated to set apart. He's completely set apart from us. Um, David just mentioned the third thing that I was going to say is God is just. What do you think it means for God to be just? Think about like maybe a judge on earth in a courtroom. Uh, Raped ten women and killed fifteen kids or something, and uh, 
we see him go to trial. He went through the justice system. The judge finds him guilty. We would say that he got justice, right? Yeah. Right. He got justice. So, so a just judge can't ignore, you know, somebody who's broken the law, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what the law of God is, what that's called, or where, where we get that from? Have you ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Yeah. Okay, so uh, you should not steal, covet, don't commit adultery, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Um, God gave us these laws not so that we could live them perfectly because we can't. We're all sinful, right? Um, that's the reality about man. As God says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So God has this perfect standard in which we can't live up to, right? So God is holy and perfect. We are sinful, right? Um, you know how we came. You know how we came to be that way. Do you have any idea, like how did how did the world get in the shape it's in now? I guess it's just human nature, right? To have sin. That that's good. Some that, have more than others. So that started in the garden, you know, with Adam and Eve. Y'all, do you remember? You've heard the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, right? God put them in the garden. It was perfection. Um, he put a tree in the garden. He said, you can eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he said, the day you eat of it, you'll surely die. So he gave him that one command. He said, you can have whatever you want from every tree in the garden except this tree. And then Satan comes along, and you know what happens there? He gets him to question God. Surely, you know, you won't die if you eat it. He just doesn't want you to... He just doesn't want you to know. Uh, he just didn't want you to understand. So... Uh, Obviously, Adam and Eve, they eat of the tree, uh, they eat of the fruit. The Bible says their eyes are open. They realize they were naked. They didn't even know what nakedness was. So this is how this is how perfect God had created everything. So after that, of course, <clears throat> the ground's cursed. Um, we fall under the curse of sin from that point on. God has to create a covering for Adam and Eve. He kills an animal, takes the skin from it, covers them. Um, that's kind of a shadow of, of what Chris will probably get into here so God is holy and we're sinful, and that creates a problem. Uh, do you know why sin's a problem? If you do it too much, you'll go to hell. So, yeah, the Bible explicitly says that your sins have caused a separation between you and God. So, I mean, without with our sins still being between us and God, we can't get back to him. We can't know him. Um, we said that God is just. He is right to punish sin. So you said earlier that you think that you know good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. Uh, the reality is, is there's really not any good people, right? I mean, all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. We nobody can uphold them. So we are separated from God with no hope, right? That's the bad news. Uh, what do you know about Jesus? He came down. He was born from Mother Mary, put there by God, and he spread the word of God once he got older, old enough, Mm -hmm. and he was crucified for it. So when, when Jesus came to earth, he came so that he could live the perfect life that we couldn't live. Whenever he lived on earth, he was fully human. Uh, he was fully God and fully man, but he faced all the temptations that we would. Yet he was sinless his entire life. He came so that he could take the punishment that we deserve for our sin. 
So God is just. We're sinful. We deserve hell. But Jesus came in order that he can be sacrificed, take our punishment so that we can go free. And that gap that's between us and God is no longer there. We can get back to him. We can know him. See, the reason why we were created in the first place was to glorify God, to point everything back to him. When we sin and when we've fallen, we like to really point everything towards ourselves. You know, the real reality of sin is that we worship us rather than God. Romans 1 talks about worshiping the creature rather than the creator. Just thinking logically, worshiping something that something that God created as opposed to him himself doesn't make any sense. But that's our nature, right? So Jesus came to live the perfect life that we couldn't live. And he came to die on the cross for our sins so that his perfection is given to us and our sin is put on him. That way that the just God who has to punish sin still punishes it. He punishes Jesus in our place. And we are freely given the gift of salvation because of what Christ did. Um, that's a big deal when you consider that God created everything and he owes us nothing, but yet he willingly said, I care about you and love you enough that I'm going to provide a way for your problem to be fixed. You're separated from me. Your sins separate you. I'm going to provide a way that my wrath is satisfied by putting your punishment on my son, Jesus. That is the greatest news you'll ever hear. Because Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So when we're answering the question, who are the people that go to heaven? It's not necessarily the good people, but those who put their faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross. He took our punishment. He's the only way that we can be made right with God again. It's not about how much good that we can do because we can't really do enough to make up for what we've done wrong. If I were to murder David and I stood on trial and before the trial, I went out and I started charities. I started giving to the poor. I started giving my entire life to serving other people. I realized I was wrong and I want to do all these good things. That's great, but the reality is that David's still dead, right? I can't deny that I did murder him and that needs to be punished, right? Imagine if it was on the news and everybody knew that it happened and say that it went on trial and everybody was watching and the judge said, you know what, Chris, you did a lot of good things after you murdered David Fairchild, but you know, I'm, I'm going to let you go because I think you've really turned your life around. Everybody would be looking on the news and watching and saying, no, no, he just killed this man. How could you possibly let him off? justice has to be served by just God, right? So if God were just to let people go because they're good at way they're bad, he would no longer be just, would he? So definition of justice, like when we talk about justice, people get what they deserve. Well, God being the ultimate judge, I mean, if we truly got, you know, what we deserve, as simple people as Chris was saying you know we would we would, rightly we would all get hell right like that would be uh, that would be our destination but uh, the only true injustice that ever happened was that Jesus got punished for our sins he was perfect he didn't deserve any of the punishment that he took for us that was the only real injustice that was ever done that Jesus took our 
punishment on him. Like, why would he do that? That If you really sit and think about it, why would God send Jesus to pay our sin debt that we rightfully deserve? But he chose to anyways. Can I ask you a question? Like, do you have anything that's like really, like a family member or anything that's like really precious to you? Yeah. Okay. Could you, could you like sacrifice that person for people that would like spit on them, beat them, make fun of them? No. See, that's what God done in sending Jesus. He sent Jesus to die for people that would that would mock him, spit on him. The Bible says they plucked his beard. They took a crown of thorns, shoved it down on his head. They beat him with rods. Um, just just the most horrible and just uh, demeaning type of torture that you could imagine. But he done that for the very people that was doing it to him. He looks on them as he's hanging on the cross, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what can you think of anybody that can you think of anybody though in your in your life that would love you that much? Can you think of anybody that would go through that for you, do you think? You'd <laughs> be hard pressed. You'd <laughs> be hard pressed, I think, to, to find anybody that would be rejected and, and beaten and tortured in that way. Uh, that that would love you that much. So we've explained to you, you know, the bad news that we're sinful, that God is holy, our sin must be punished. But Jesus thankfully came and took our punishment. But it's not enough just to know that information. Um, the Bible says that even the demons believe that Jesus is who he says he is, but they have that information, but they don't actually put their faith and trust in what Christ has done. Um, what do you think it means to have faith or to believe in something? to wholeheartedly think it's the truth. So, yeah, without question, that is the truth, and this is what I'm banking all my hope on, right? Just as sure as you're sitting on that bench. You're not sitting there thinking, okay, is this bench going to suddenly collapse on me? Like, you, when you sit down, you're like, I trust this bench. I put my faith in it. I'm sitting here, and there's no worries, right? That's wholehearted faith. The same way that I know that if I were to go out here right now and say we get t-boned by a car and i'm dead instantly i know that my only hope ever could be what jesus did on the cross for me two thousand years ago whenever he took our punishment on the cross that's my only that's that's the only thing i can bank anything on because i know that the greatest that i can do the goods that i can do are as filthy rags they don't mean anything i can only bank my eternal hope on what jesus did because that's the only way of getting back to god um do you know what the word repentance means? David, what is repentance? <clears throat> well, repentance means you turn away. You you do like a, not a 360, but like a 180. So if I'm going this direction, like toward that boat over there, I'm going to turn direction. And I'm going to go back toward the exit over there. It's basically turning from one thing to another thing. So repentance means you're turning uh, away from sin. You're turning away from the things that displease God and doesn't uh, glorify God you turn away from those things the things that God says are simple and you turn away from those things and you turn toward God and he gives you new desires and and new things uh, that glorify him and uh, it's turning away from sin so so as a Christian it's not necessarily that you do things to make you a Christian but because you are a Christian you want to serve God um 
Think about if somebody had cancer and somebody walked up to them and they said, I have the cure for cancer. Here you go. You're healed. That person's healed. Would they immediately say, all right, thanks, walk away and never express any gratitude towards that person ever again? They would be like, thank you. You just saved my life. I mean, can what can I do for you? Like you, you legitimately saved me. They would want to know that person. They would want to thank them. They would want to uh, be a part of their life after that. That's a, on a much, much, much higher and eternal scale. That's what Jesus has done for us. So if we truly believe he did what he said he did, that God is who he says he is, that in, by believing that, our lives will be different, right? If we know that uh, everything eternal is what matters and everything temporary is just temporary, that in 70 years you know, we're going to die and what happens eternally after that's really the most significant, it changes how you live in the short term, right? Um, that is kind of the way that, you know, if you really believe, if you truly have that repentance, your life changed. Uh, the Bible says that anybody who's in Christ is a new creation. Um, it's nothing that we have done, but what Christ does in us. Um, you know, any any behavior change or anything that any person as a Christian, uh, it, that change, that 180 that he was talking about is only of God. You couldn't become more like him and follow him if it wasn't for him in the first place. So, and so I'm just it's, 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 it's faith. We put our faith in what Jesus has done. It, it's not, as Chris said earlier, like, you know, we're not talking about, you know, I'm just going to go do good things to try to appease God and make God, you know, happy with me because the reality is it's not. It's never going to be enough. Um, the Bible says our righteous deeds are like filthy rags before God. Um, there's nothing we can do. Christ was the uh, Christ was the sacrifice, and His righteousness, the way He lived His life. God, look, when God looks at us, and we've put our faith and trust in that, He sees Christ. He doesn't see, you know, the failures and the things and the our shortcomings, but He sees that Jesus has done that for us, and we're covered now by His by His blood. But that's what Christ has done for us. He's He's made it possible for us um, to be able to be in right standing with God again. That's something we can't do for ourselves. It's We have to believe that Jesus is who he said he was, and we have to put our faith in him and turn from our sins and put our faith in him. We said originally that the reason why we were created was to glorify God, right? But when we sin, we stop doing that. When someone comes to know Christ and put their faith in him, you then go back to maintaining your original purpose was to glorify and tell people about God. He's the greatest thing that ever existed. Why would we tell anybody anything else but how great our God is? He looked on sinful people who spit in his face and forgave them anyways by sending Jesus to die for them. That's all that matters. I mean, eternity is a lot longer than 70 years. And spending eternity worshiping God and thanking him for saving us from our sins and because God is worthy of our worship anyways that's that's really the only purpose that we serve is to to point all things back to him but dominant we and re another reality is this is something Chris is that you know we we don't realize that you know we we live our lives sometimes I'm guilty of this too like we live our lives as if like it's going to go on forever you know here but the reality is it's not um, you know I, I had a co-worker that just passed away like a couple weeks ago he was 35 years old just tragically just 
in in a day. He was just gone. Sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, but that's just the reality of that's the reality of life. We don't know. Only God knows when He's going to call us out of this world, and we we sometimes live our lives as if we've got forever. But the reality is, is that this life isn't forever. But there is one that is going to be forever, and the Bible says that we'll spend it, as you said earlier, in one of two places it'll either be an eternity in heaven with god or it'll be an eternity in hell and punishment and the reality is wrath is going to come upon this world and anybody um, that hasn't put their faith and trust in christ uh, they're going to be in trouble on that day and it's going to be a bad day for them but those that have put their faith and trust in god when god comes to this earth and he takes the church out of here um, they're going to be with him and they're not going to have to suffer through all the things that, that god's going to pour out upon the earth um, I know that sounds like a fairy tale, but, but the reality is is it's it's going to happen. And we don't know when it's going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. The reality is that the sky's blue, right? It's not purple. It's not green. We can sit and say we know and think about it, but when we really sit and say, wow, this God is who he says he is. He is just. He's going to punish sin. And our only hope is Jesus Christ. You've you're in a situation where you've got to either accept that or reject it. But um, I appreciate you talking to us. You got any questions or anything? No, sir. Okay. Just, it just kind of explains what we just talked about. Dude, I totally appreciate you talking.